good morning and afternoon. Um, yeah, there's a funky uh, login today. So sorry about that. Hey, this is going to be a really interesting LinkedIn live show. I'm, I'm going to pull back the curtain and share some insider stuff that I think anybody who's been on a job search, anybody who's looking for a job has always wondered, like, what's the real deal? What's happening? What's really going on? Is it kind of rigged against me? Is this fair? Are there something else we don't know about? So what I want to do today, and I'm going to do this at risk of alienating everybody, except for job seekers and people looking for a job and people who are trying to advance in their career. But everyone else, I think, is going to hate me for this, but I could deal with the hate. Uh, it's okay. I've, 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 I'm a big boy. I could deal with it. So what I want to do is talk about some of these things, and there's a lot. We may have this to be a two-parter about what really goes on, what's really happening behind the scenes. You know, what's 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 what you were suspecting that's going on is what's going on. So, without further ado, let, let me just jump into it. No particular order, right? No particular, and and there, you know. There's so many of them I was doing that you got to forgive me if I'm looking at my phone a little bit because I was shocked when I was doing more and more research that not only like from my own firsthand experiences and dealing with others, what's going on, but like so many other things. Now, let's start with this. When you're looking for jobs and you're going, whether it's LinkedIn, Indeed, you know, whatever your favorite go-to site, you know, to look for job listings. The challenge is a lot of those job listings, as you probably were surmising, are kind of fake. And when I'm saying kind of fake, I'm not being like fake news kind of thing. No, fake meaning this. Companies will post a job with the best of intention. But time goes on and they forget about it and they leave it up. So it could be up for weeks or months. And then... When you're going and looking at it, you're thinking, hey, this is a fresh job, but it's already had maybe dozens, if not hundreds of people applying and interviewing, going through it. And you're wondering why, like what's going on? Another thing is with these job postings, oftentimes companies will post the jobs to make it look like, hey, we're doing great. In an environment where some companies aren't doing great, they may post roles to make it sound like, look what we're doing. We're hiring. We have so many job postings, but they're really not real in the sense that you're not going to be called for an interview for it. You may also want to have it where, let's say, some people are laid off or they leave on their own volition through attrition. You know, maybe the boss is saying everyone has to go back to the office and they don't want to, and they just leave. What happens internally, the rest of the workers are like, oh no, we have to pick up all that slack. We have to take on all this extra work. So what happens, they'll put pressure on HR and the managers to post some listings. But they're posting those listings but they really don't care about hiring. It's window dressing. They're putting those job listings out there to show the employees, oh, we're looking after you. Don't worry. We're, we're putting, look, we're posting these jobs, so we are going to get help along the way. 
And then time goes on and on and on. And nothing happens because they really don't want to hire. They just want to show, look, hey, look at the jobs. Everything is great. Um, and I'll, I'll bang through these really quickly, right? Because I do have a lot of them. The other one, you know, ghosting. Everyone, we all know by now, ghosting, everyone gets ghosted. I, I'll give you my my inside take on this. I think the, the, when I first started recruiting, it was so different in the sense that you could speak right to a hiring manager and get a sense of what the hiring manager wants out of a candidate. You speak to a candidate, go back and forth between the hiring manager, between HR, between the interviewers, and you would have this nice back and forth so you could really understand what's happening. Now, coupled with technology, with other things, it's, it doesn't happen anymore. You don't get feedback. You don't get constructive criticism. And I think, number one, with technology, it's easy to hide behind it. In the past, someone will make a phone call and you call, they leave a message, they call you back, you call until you get that person. Now, you just don't answer their texts, you don't answer their emails, um, you don't answer whatever medium they're trying to connect you through. Um, and I think in large part is, one, there's a lot of people who are not well experienced. There are also a lot of people who don't care. So they, they don't want to bother. Now, I'm not saying everybody, I'm generalizing. It's not everybody, but there's a large portion who like, they, whatever, they don't care. They're so inured to what's happening that they just understand ghosting is part of it. So what ends up happening, it's the psyche of things. For instance, if you live in an area where there's a lot of you know, crime, after a while, you just shrug your shoulders. Oh, that's the way it is. So what happens, I think, a lot of people with even the best of interest just shrug their shoulders. This is what it's like. There's so many people who I have to get back to. It's impossible. I'm not going to get back to. Also, there's a big concern that if you say something to an applicant that could be perceived as racist, sexist, this, this, that is, what have you, it's very easy for the person to whom you gave that message to, even if you were giving you the best of intentions to give some feedback, you have to worry about being brought up in front of HR and, and being canceled and losing your job and even being sued and being blackballed from the industry. So it becomes much easier not, not to give feedback, which is, which is really ludicrous because all they want to give feedback. You want to give constructive criticism, but people are afraid. Now, we don't talk about that out loud. And that's why I'm doing these kind of LinkedIn live podcasts to give you what really goes on. It's that people are scared. They're afraid to say what you know they really want to say. And when I say that, I'm not saying that they can say crazy stuff. They're just going to say, well, you know what? We didn't, really, we didn't think you're good for the job because of reason one, two, and three, and four. But what's going to happen is that may be misinterpreted by the candidate, and they're going to think something else. Oh, you're saying that just because fill in the blank, because you're discriminating against me, now I'm suing. So think about it. Put yourself in the shoes of that person. Isn't it easier to just say, I'm, I'm just not going to answer? Why take the risk? You know, I'm making 70000 a year, you know, plus a, a small bonus. Why would I risk everything? And what's the upside? 
So, so that's one of many reasons what happens why you don't have those ghosting, why you have that ghosting going on. It's just, it's just, there should be some sort of thing, I believe, that you can give kind of um, um, an exclusion or I don't know what you want to call it to people who are in this space that if they do say something, you know, that's not like horrific. Like some people, you know, let's be honest, some people are completely prejudiced and, and, and racist or whatever they may be or sexist or anti-Semitic, you know, but let's put those aside, right? The except like the outliers. But for the most time, people aren't, I think, and maybe I'm naive, but most people I think are kind and nice and want to help and want to do the right thing. And for that, maybe there should be some protection so that if they so they can give feedback, they can give advice, they can give constructive feedback. But if by any chance they say something that they really didn't mean, they're not opened up to losing their job, being sued, what have you. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But one of these things, I'm glad that we have this platform that at least I could broach this topic and bringing it up, bring it up and talk about it, because no one else is. And if no one else talks about it, this, is never going to end. You could always have people going for interview, getting ghosted, and nothing ever changes. So I figure partly give you give you what's behind the scenes, but then also maybe some ideas of what to do next. Uh, another thing, oftentimes you wonder, I'm going, and if you, if you notice I'm talking a little quickly because I have a lot that I want to get through. You go through the interview process and you interview and you interview and you interview and you're doing great and, and everything looks well, everything looks fine. And then at the very end, after three, six, 10 interviews over six months, either you get ghosted or you get that email saying, sorry, we went with somebody else. And you want to take a guess who that somebody else is? That somebody else is an internal candidate. Because what happens a lot is that the company has already decided that they're going to promote somebody within. However, there's the pressure to see, let's see who else is out there. Let's see who else. Maybe there's somebody else. We want to do our due diligence. We don't want to look like we're playing favorites. So what happens? They interview a whole, a whole slate of people. They interview a slate of people who... Um, go through the motions, go through everything, put their time, their energy, emotions into it for not because it's already been predetermined. They know that that internal is the person who's going to get the job. Now, what happens, this would happen to me quite often in recruiting where I have an assignment, we're working for people and I would purposely ask them, hey, are there any internal candidates that you're considering? And the reason I'm asking that, to avoid any problems. Now, if they did say to me, yes, Jack, we have an internal or two internals that we really like, but we need your help to bring in some other top candidates. I'm okay with that because the company was above board and being honest and sharing that they're couple of candidates and sometimes they'll they'll talk about the merits of those two internal candidates and as a business person i would make the call is it worth my myself and my company's time to recruit for that role and could we maybe find someone better than the internal and then it's a coin flip because you never know for sure 
And each time I, I might act differently. There might be times where I feel, you know what? I know some really fantastic candidates for this job. So even though they're two internals and I know the odds are against me, I'm going to go for it. Other times I might say, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to, uh, myself, my team going to take hours and weeks and months to find somebody. And they're just going to say, thanks. We're going to stick with our internal. And for people who always wonder like, why did I get it? One of the reasons is they already selected the person. And let's be frank, it's much easier when you have Joan or Jane who's already in the role. Everybody knows her. Everyone likes her. She's good. Everybody around is going to say she deserves the promotion. So it's so much easier to give it to an internal person. You would need an amazing outsider to knock Jane or Joan out to take her place. And that happens all the time. So you, 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 it, you're in good faith, you're interviewing, you're, you're going back and forth and, and having that emotional roller coaster, only to find out you really didn't have a chance. Another thing is the proliferation of lowballing. Lowballing, if you're not familiar with the, uh, the term, is that you go for an interview, you go through the whole process. They've even maybe shared the salary, the bonus, other things, maybe even gave, maybe arranged, what have you. And you go through the whole process. And let's say just to make numbers easy, it's $100,000. You know, they said, hey, about 100000 or so. And then after six months, nine months of interviewing, they say, hey, Jack, congratulations. We want to give you a job. You're like, oh, yeah, great. Woohoo. <laughs> and then they say, it's going to be 90,000 plus. You're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What? 90? You said, you said 100. What, what's, what's going on here? I don't, I don't understand it. There's 10,000 less now. This is where the challenge comes in too. What do you do if you're, if you're a candidate? If you're a job seeker in this market now, it's very tough for white collar, mid to senior level professionals. So you have a dilemma. Do you say, do you say I'll suck it up and take that 90? Or do you walk away? And if you're in between jobs, it's harder to walk away because you want a job and you're going to have to suck it up. And that's also what's so cold-blooded because they know that. Because if you're in between jobs, right, and they say, hey, about 100, and a lot of times they don't say it in writing. They just say it verbally, so it gives them an out. Like, hey, yeah, about 80, 90. And we've all seen on these, uh, you know, jobless listings where the salary bands would be, you know, 50,000 to 500,000. And it's ludicrous. You know, it's ludicrous. So you can't depend on that whatsoever. So verbally, they're saying, oh, yeah, about you know, 90, 100, 120, thereabouts. And then when it's three, six months later, they're like, oh, did I say that? I'm pretty sure I said it was 90. And you're like, what? No, I would be pretty sure because I was pretty excited about the 100. Now the pressure comes in. The pressure comes in because you're thinking, for those who are in between jobs who are unemployed, you're freaking out. You want a job. So you're, you, you want to take it, but then you're thinking, huh, if I take it, they know that I know you're screwing me. 
And do I go to a company that right from the get-go is screwing me? But if I don't take it, I don't know when I'll get the next job. I have two kids in college, you know, their tuition payments, the mortgage payments. So then the pressure is on where you yield to this lowball offer because you feel like if I don't do it, I don't know when the next opportunity will come. So I'll suck it up and do it. And this, that's a really bad situation. And this happens a lot. Similarly, another kind of sort of trend is this. Recruiters, um, at whether internal you know, talent acquisition recruiters that work for the company or third-party recruiters or any type of recruiter, it's easier for them at times to find somebody who is earning less than what the company is looking for so that they could come in as a, as a hot shot hero. Look, I was able to get this person at a lower price than you were looking. Look how great it is. This is why you have me as your recruiter. Now, when I say these things, whether for recruiters, HR, talent acquisition, please understand, uh, I'm giving wide generalizations. This does not apply to everybody. I'm just talking in terms of generalizations just to get a vibe check, the zeitgeist of what's happening. There's so much differences between individual HR people, talent acquisition people, recruiters, uh, hiring managers, what have you. But it makes it easier just to kind of give the big picture, but knowing that this doesn't mean it's always this way. doesn't mean that every recruiter is looking to go and get the more lower paid people to say, hey, look, we got these lower paid people. Look how great it is. And then they're Xing out the more senior people. Now, speaking of senior people, one of the big challenges in the market and one of the most concerned, frightened, angry people are those on two ends of the spectrum. One are the well-experienced folks, let's say 45, 55 and up, give or take, maybe even late 30s nowadays. And they feel that there's a lot of ageism. There's a lot, a lot of pent-up discrimination where in which people feel, hey, if you're 50, you're 55, that means you don't know tech. You're not going to know the platforms we use. You don't, you're not going to get AI. You don't understand, you know, the lingo that everyone uses. You you dress funny like you're from the 80s. You're wearing those dad jeans and the bad glasses from the 80s. You're tied, those amoeba ties from like early 90s. You have all these, you know, biases against that older more senior person. And so that when they interview, it's harder because they already have these biases. And for some reason, ageism is like acceptable. You know, any other ism isn't. But yet the one thing that we all have in common is if we're, if we're lucky is we're going to get old. And that should be where we all rally upon, but it's just the opposite. You know, oh, that's a boomer. I don't want to work. I don't want to hire that boomer. That boomer is going to think they know everything and boss everyone around. There's another aspect to it. Uh, I want to share with you. I think that a lot of it is not necessarily the person's age. And it's not even necessarily the way they talk, the way they act, the way they think, the jargon they use, 
you know, the, the, you know, their references and all that. It's the money. You can't go wrong. Let me give you this on a, on a tangent. You can't go wrong following the money, no matter what, whether the stock market, whether, you know, what jobs are hot. You follow the money and you really know what's happening, where things are going. And with all the workers, and, and once again, I'm going to overgeneralize, you know, just so you understand. Not every, not every senior worker is making a lot of money and making more money than their Gen X, millennial, Gen Z counterparts. But on a whole, the odds are higher that you're going to be an uh, older worker is going to be making more money because they've been in the workplace long, you know, longer. So then when it comes time, when you have these cost-cutting initiatives, which we've been seeing since 2022 till now, if you're looking to cut costs, there's more bang for the buck if you if you let go of somebody who has you know 30 plus years of experience is making $250,000, it's way easy to cut that person off and just use that money and allocate it for something else. And right now, what's happening, we just wrote a piece about uh, how Google and Microsoft and other companies are lay, they're laying off people, but what's happening is they're using the money to hire AI machine learning people. So they're reallocating it. So I think what's happening is the trend that you're seeing, and this is, it may not be you're being discriminated because your age is discriminated because you're making two, $250,000 and they figure, hmm, maybe with AI, we could hire a Gen Z for $50,000 and they could maybe do a whole lot of that work and the company's going to save money. And then speaking of Gen Z, it's, it almost seems like any, the, whatever the youngest, newest generation, they love to dump on it. You know, millennials, they would dump on it. I'm sure the great generation dumped on the boomers and so forth. So the Gen Zs also, they have this, I don't know where this stigma, they don't want to work. They don't want to work hard. They're lazy. Well, meanwhile, I think, and to be fair, full disclosure, I have two Gen Z kids. I think they're looking through the lens of, wow, this job market sucks. Just look what we just talked about now. You know, they've seen their parents or their parents' friends lose their jobs. They see their parents and parents' friends just, just burn out and so aggravated. They realize this nine to five grind is, is just, just horrible. I mean, if check out TikTok and look at you know, people complaining about the nine to five job who are Gen Zs. I mean, they're literally crying because they're saying, hey, I'm loaded with student debt. I have to wake up super early in the morning, commute into the city, come back. It's now like seven o'clock. I'm exhausted. I got to make dinner. I got to get ready for tomorrow. And you're on this hamster wheel. So, so it's, it's a really, it's a tough thing. Now, older generations, I hate to see, I hate to say this, but a lot of them scoff at them. They're like, oh, come on, suck it up. We did it. And to me, that's like, all right, just because we did it, that's not a, like, why should they have to endure the same crappiness as we did? They should have it better, smart, you know, have it better. All right, let me move on. Um, let's see what else we could do. 
in, in my experience, it's, it's more of who you know than what you know. You can know, you know, you could be the smartest person in the room, be great book smart, but if you're going up against a candidate or candidates who their uncle is the CFO, their, their dad runs the company, their mom is the chief whatever officer, this, this is a challenge for people. You go and you interview and you feel like I should get it because I have all the credentials, I have all the experiences, I've done all the right things, but yet I'm losing out because it's going to somebody who's kind of connected. A little nepotism, a little they went to the same college, maybe they live in the same town, maybe their best buddies with the hire managers. So another reason why you might not be getting the job, even though you're more than qualified for it, is that they feel that you could, you know, that they could get somebody who is more of, and it goes into this, a cultural fit, which is a catch-all for basically saying, hey, I know, Jack, you're really good, but we're looking for a cultural fit, which means we want just someone like, another one just like us. So you could be really good, really smart, really capable, and better than another person, but because you don't fit in with their quote, quote, culture, you're out. And this is terrible. And, and the reason I'm sharing, because for the folks who are going through these interview processes and saying, like, I don't get it. I thought I nailed it. You know, I thought I did really well. I did everything I was supposed to do. I have all the criteria. I have all the requisites. I have all the skills, the accreditations, the licenses. And what's up? This is why I wanted to talk to you today. Sherry, these are some of the reasons why when you're knocking your head against the wall, this is what we're up against. Now, take a pause here is that I would love to give a solution, but for now, I think the takeaway is that when you're looking for a job, going through the search process, through the hiring process, it's stacked against you for the reasons I mentioned. You could take solace in the fact that this isn't just you. This is a systemic thing that almost everybody is going through. So if you start feeling like you're losing confidence, and, and you, you're losing some self-esteem. It's not you. It's the system and how it's working or not working. It's kind of broken. And I hope just by that little part of it makes you feel somewhat better because at least you know, all right, it's not that I did anything wrong. It's not that there's a, black cloud hanging over my head. It's not that my former bosses and coworkers have sabotaged me. It's just, it's just not a fair level playing ground. So you with me on that? It's, I know you're not going to say, oh, Jack, much better. Everything is great. No, but like at least sometimes having that knowledge can make you feel a little better and a little knowledgeable. Um, let's see, let's you want to do just a couple more. Got who you know.
Oh, here's one. Here's one that just always drives me crazy. How about we do one last one? One last one. Because I think this might be a nice two-parter. So we'll save it. Um, and it's, it's the old bait and switch. This happens so much. So you go and you interview and they tell you all the good things and wonderful things about the company, the salary, salary the bonuses, the upwards mobility, the ability to get like a corporate title, a VP title in X amount of years if you're doing everything the right way. And they talk about what you're going to do on a daily basis and so forth. Then, and I, I can't tell you how many times I have spoken to jobs who people who accepted a job, they accepted a job and then all of a sudden they start working and they're like, wait a minute, why, um, why are you handing me this project to work on? That's not what you said I would be doing. And then either the response would be, oh yeah, we did. They gaslight you. Oh yeah, of course. We talked a lot about that. Yeah, we did talk about it. Or some people who are just very cold hearted too, would just say, well, yes, we didn't talk about it, but we kind of changed how we're, we're framing the job. So it's a little different now. So we need you to focus on, you know, X, where I know we were trying to hire you for Y. Now you're in this bind. What do I do? What do I, you promised me one job, and then that's not what I'm doing. Now, once again, if it's a hot job market, you could complain, bitch and moan and say, hey, this is not fair. I'm going to the CEO. I'm going to whatever. Or if not, I'm just going to leave and get another job knowing you can get another job. When it's not an easy market, when it's a tough market, you got a problem. And then if you didn't have a job, to go somewhere that's even that's that's a problem too so you can't even go back to the other job and say, and say oh and go groveling can i get my job back please so you get there the job description changes the responsibilities change often they're not really aligned with what you wanted or even your experience but then to add insult to injury to add insult to injury when it comes time for the end of the year to talk about promotions, bonuses, and raises, all of a sudden, you, you don't see it. Like, wait, where's my bonus? Where's my raise? Where's you? Oh, no, no, no. We didn't say, like, not the first year you're going to get. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You know, you're going to get that uh, raise and promotion for the second year. Oh yeah. And the bonus. No, no. The bonus was prorated, prorated. We didn't like, no, we didn't mean to say that you get the whole bonus because you've only worked there nine months out of, you only worked there 10 months out of 12 months. So no, 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 no. You're getting just a small amount. What? And if you think on these fronts, I'm exaggerating either. I'm sure you've all, or have friends who've been going through this, this is so unfortunately, un, you know, fortunately common where you're like, what? Because that's when I'll get a lot of candidates who will come to me and say, Jack, 
I got to get out of where I am because they lied to me. They said the job is going to be such and such. It's not. They said I was going to get a certain title. I didn't get it. They said it was going to be maybe a hybrid, but now I'm working five days a week in the office or four days a week in the office. Um, you know, they said that I'm going to get this raise, promotion, bonus, mm, stock. No, 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 no. I can't, how can I stay here? How can I trust them? And then if I take it and stay here, then they know I'm going to be like a pinata. They can keep beating me and, and they know they can get away with it. So these are, so these will stop at this because I don't want to depress you too much. And, and uh, let, let's try to put a little bit of a, give you a little bit of positivity. Eric, you know, what I, what I just walked through, yeah, it sounds tough, but I'd rather share what's really going on so that you understand and know, and you don't feel you're being persecuted. You don't feel that you did something wrong. You don't feel like you're a bad person. No, it's, it's unfortunate because you like to think it's a level playing field. And the, you know, just like in anything, you know, like in sports, if you're the best at what you do, you know, the odds are you should be the one to succeed. But here it's, it's kind of rigged. It's rigged when they know that the internal is going to get the job. It's kind of rigged when they know we want a cultural fit and you're looking for other people and that's just window dressing and they're not going to take that person. What you need to do is when now knowing these things, when you start interviewing, and this is not easy to do, when you speak to the recruiter, when you speak to the hiring manager, the internal HR person, the internal talent acquisition recruiter, you want to ask them these questions. You really want to know, you want to make sure, hey, is there an internal candidate who's likely to get this job? Just let me know because I still would want to do it, but I would like to know my competition. You want to know, can I have in writing, this is a key thing too, because a lot of people, a lot of companies don't like to put things in writing because obviously you could hold them accountable. Can you put in writing in my offer letter everything you said to me verbally? So this way, when it comes to a promotion, a raise, stock, what have you, it's not he said, she said one word against the other. It's in writing. And usually... I am not a fan of when people go to interviews and write and take notes because I feel when people go on interviews and take notes, it's kind of distracting for both parties because you're, you're, you know, you're looking down, you're not looking in the eyes of the, you know, the person with whom you're speaking and it's easy just not to have that good conversation. But given the way things are now, I, I changed my mind a little bit. I think it's probably in your best interests to write things down as they're talking. So if they say, hey, here's what you're going to be doing, you know, you can write down, here's, boom, 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 you know what I mean? Start writing it down. And they talk the responsibilities, write it down. Compensation, write it down. Now they could always come back and say, well, I don't remember saying that, but then you could say, I, I, I can understand why you don't, you don't remember because this was like six, nine months ago. But I've, I've taken copious notes. I'd be glad to share the notes with you. Um, I did that because I wanted to make sure I understood what all the responsibilities are. So at least you have some protection.
Also, you want to do a lot of due diligence about the company and the people that you play, you might work with. And with, you know, with Google and now even and now, especially with AI, you could dig deep into have they laid off people? Are they planning to lay off people? What's their financial situation? Are, are, are they going through any troubles? Um, are, is there any kind of big red flags that you should be aware of? If you know people who work at the company that you're interested in, ask them to just, just, Hey, uh, you know, I'm interviewing here. Uh, I'm really excited about it. just, just you tell me the truth. What's really going on behind the scenes. So I don't get into a bad situation. Um, and even doing all that, it's still a challenge, but at least you're being proactive. You're not just walking into buzzsaw. You're being proactive. You're doing your homework about the company, research who the people you're going to work with. You know, go on LinkedIn, find them out. They're now becoming more and more AI platforms where you could find people. So you can kind of do different searches. Like I had this guy yesterday, Juicebox, which is people GPT. We could actually go there and, 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 you know, you want to find out who's the HR person for X company, who's the you know, talent acquisition for Y company and so forth. So you could see who they are and then you could check out their backgrounds and see, have they only been there a year and then left six months and left, you know, two a year and a half and left not just one but lots of different people because that might also give you a sign maybe this is not the right company if i'm looking and i see this turnstile people coming and going and coming and going so what i what, what you should do and i know this is a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of time and effort and i know a lot of you are saying there's so much i got to worry about the interview questions i got to prepare for interview questions. now i got to do research yeah it kind of sucks it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But these are the things you need to do to survive and thrive. And, you know, hopefully what ends up happening, yes, you'll invest a lot of time and energy into doing it. But it'll pay off in the long run so that, let's say, you put that effort into finding out the company, their financial situation, putting everything in writing, asking a lot of tough questions throughout the whole interview process, taking notes on it. So that best case, you end up with a really good job and maybe you stay there for five, 10 years until you, you know, or less. And then you, maybe you find, because in that new job, you learn so much, you're going to be recruited away to another job. So I, I hope this was hope this was illuminating because I understand that a lot of people go through the job search, the hiring process, interviewing, and just feeling something is off. This doesn't seem fair. And what I wanted to do today, and, and I'll probably maybe try on Monday to give some more examples of like how it is not really fair and it's not really balanced and you are at a disadvantage, but that doesn't mean you give up. That just gives you the knowledge of this is the game. And then you learn how the game is played. So then you find out how you could kind of fit into their corporate culture. So you could find out who you know 
at the company who could hook you up. So you learn. So like, huh. So my message isn't to be like, oh no, everything's better. Well, we can learn from it. If it's who you know is better than who you don't know, or what you happen to, you know, it's better to know who you know than what you know. Make, try, try to really network and get to know key people who could hook you up. If you're worried about ageism and the money, you have to find ways to look, and this is sound crass, youthful and, and, and in shape. And like, what? You're 50? I can't believe it. And then in terms of the compensation, knowing that that could be a challenge, when you interview, to negotiate that and bring it up and see what you could do. And then you could say, maybe you're okay with taking a little less to keep in the game. Um, so, so you don't have to just say, yikes, this is terrible. It's, it's not fair. It's imbalanced. There are ways to come back. And we can talk more about it next week. So I hope, usually Fridays, we take off four is enough. You get sick of me five days a week. Even four, you probably get sick of me. So I hope this is helpful, enlightening. I hope for some people who are sitting there now who are going to go back to their spouse or partner and kids and would say, see, I told you it's not my fault. It's not like I did anything wrong. This is what Jack is saying. This is what's going on. It's, it's, it's just going on to everybody. And there is some freedom in that. It makes you, you know, in a way that makes you feel better because it's just, you feel like, oh, all right, this is, this is what's going on. It kind of sucks, but I'm going to kind of learn the tools and the ways to, to fight back and battle back against it and to succeed. And you will succeed. And then you look back a year later, two years, five years later, go, yeah, that was a rough time, but look where I am now. Even though I felt desperate at that time, look at where I am now. I feel happy more money, more opportunities, more growth. This is fantastic. So that's the end goal. So thank you very much for watching and listening. If you have any comments or questions, put it, put it in, 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 you know, the, in the, in the show notes, um, any topics you want me to talk in the future, let me know if uh, you need any help, any guidance, any direction, you know, shoot, you know, shoot me a note and uh, thank you for listening and watching and I'll see you on Monday. Thanks. Bye-bye.